0: Welcome to, welcome to the one player podcast, the show on solitude board games. I'm your host Albert, and this is episode two eighty seven. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, I actually have to make a joke here. <laughs> um. Hey
0: Julius, are you at a loss for words?
1: Uh, <laughs> sometimes technical issues just, just get to me, Albert.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And I have been having technical issues today, so yeah.
1: All right. Yeah. Well, in that case, let's jump into it. I wonder if we're going to have a technical issues version of Arion or something. My oh, <laughs> something gonna, in the universe involving like computers. I don't know.
0: Yeah, computer on. It's gonna. No it's idea. gonna be the next next game or something. So anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, this week we're talking about Arion in our our, our Oniverse series, which has been a lot of fun so far.
1: Yeah, I've really been appreciating going back to these, and I'll tell you a secret. We're about to do my favorite one. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So let's jump huh. into it, because I'm excited.
0: Okay, cool. Let's do that.
1: So in Aerion, you get to build ships, get to fly them around. Actually, you don't really do so much fly, because all you're going to do is build them, and then they sort of fly off and do their own thing for the most part, except for one exception. And these
0: okay. airships, not waterships.
1: Yes, airships. thus fly. <laughs> hmm just, just making it clear in case
0: anybody had any questions.
1: Uh, with this game, it's going to be a Yahtzee-ish mechanic. There's going to be six decks that are going to be laid out, and you're going to have six dice. You're going to be rolling the dice, and if the dice get what you want, so a straight or a set of pairs or whatever it is, then good, you get to use those dice to buy something for the decks. If not, then you have to discard a card from one of the decks, and re-roll and hope that you get something better. Continue to do that until you have all the necessary elements to build the ships and build six ships that win the game. Easy enough. Indeed. So let's hop through our normal rubric, Albert. Let's start with the rules.
0: All right. So, uh, y- y- you know, it's only first typical rule book. It's clear. It's well done. I didn't have any issues with it. Yep. Um, I like the layout. I like the way... I like the way all the the scenarios are added on one at a time and the way they're introduced and described. It's Any scenario you jump into, it's easy to jump into it and see the rules and figure out how it works exactly pretty darn quickly. Indeed. Yeah, it works well for being a modular
1: game. Indeed. And I'm just going to say, because this is something I feel like I'm going to be mentioning consistently. This one feels like it's a return to the original Oni Rim form, where there's a pretty simple base. There's a base that's easy to understand, and then you have like eight expansions, each of which does some different unique thing. And you can do all of them if you want a massive game. You can do one or two if you just want one or two. There's rules for how they all interact if you have any issues with it. Or you could just not do any of them mm-hmm. and that's very similar to Oni Run, where again you had the base game and then you had all the expansions that you can throw in so it feels like very much a return to form maybe stepping into the components mm-hmm. but
0: before you do that uh, I found that the last game also did the return to form I thought it was equally modular way to add no, stuff to it
1: but there was less to it with that one there was mm-hmm. only the four here we're up to eight
0: was it just four isn't it five okay
1: is it five
0: for this one? I thought it was for the last one, and this one had six. I thought. Well, anyway, so let, let's go through. I only counted. Oh, you're six right. Exchanges. It's only
1: six. You're right. It's only six. Okay. case. Okay, but still.
0: still, it does have a feeling like that. You're, you're right about that. It definitely does have because we there's a few games where the expansions were more limited, or or in some cases felt a little more necessary.
1: Right. But one thing that I do want to comment on, and this is maybe stepping into components, is that most of the components for this is cards. All of the expansion cards have a very different border, a border on the bottom, to show what border it came from. So unlike with Onirim, where you kind of have to guess, like, well, does this go with this? Like, which ones are these together with? With this one, if it's from the same expansion, it all has... A different like the hourglass ones are all yellow on the bottom. Now, obviously, they're all yellows, but it's really easy to tell what goes with with expansions that it's really easy to pull it all out of the respective decks when you're done. I with never
0: them. caught that, I never noticed that with this game at all. I had no idea how oh. to easily tell
1: though. But with Onirim, it does have an
0: icon in the bottom corner. At least, the, the this it, is
1: so much clearer. But this
0: is okay, interesting, which is good because all the backs are all the same, and when you go pull them out, it's it's a little harder to tell otherwise if you don't have some yeah. visual indicator.
1: So that that has improved, in my opinion, since the owner okay. days. But that is very much jumping into components, um, although possibly it's just due in time for it because the rules are the rules. So let's talk about the other components. Okay, so the components, as you open your
0: box, which is typical for the universe games, you're, you're treated
1: to... <laughs> I'm already rolling my eyes.
0: Yeah, you're treated to a nice scene where you open up, the clouds part for you as you land in the, <sighs> the world of the shipbuilding people and see all your components, see your rule book and then lift that out and see all your components laid underneath in their nice organizing insert.
1: This is another one where the insert is gone, by the way, just so you know. Really? Yeah.
0: Because I surprised sleeved all these cards.
1: Oh, they don't fit sleeved. Because there's a lot of shuffling for this one and I needed it sleeved, especially with the <clears> different size decks, things like that. Yeah,
0: and they tend to be, at least if you're playing the base game, the, the decks are pretty small, so they're hard to shuffle otherwise. And as you're playing, they get smaller and smaller, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, okay, so, so I sleeved
1: it all up, and it didn't fit without removing the insert and redesigning a thing. So I did a nice little papercraft insert, and it all fits very nicely.
0: Nice, okay. So so I didn't sleeve my cards, and the insert works well for what it is then. Uh, two, two wells for the cards, and they divide up nicely in there. They're easy to pull out. All the other components more or less have a place to go the dice and all the wooden counters just fit in these two large slotted things that the shape doesn't have any purpose it seems odd but it works fine if it all fits in there i almost wonder if it's intended to somehow be used during the game to stand a card up in there or something i haven't figured out how i but don't think so why but yeah it, it's such an odd shape we kind of think that but if you're not gonna sleeve it's a fine insert there's no problems with it if you're not i guess
1: throw it out throw it out do it out of... Which
0: hurts but yeah S-
1: so there's a lot of cards. All of them have the similar dreamlike icons. Uh, we have still you know, nice dreamlike races. So the icons, the card, and art all continues to evoke that dream themes, especially because all of it is now very air like stuff. So I really appreciate all of the art on it. Um the game still comes with a big old monster pawn, the Hellkite for this one, and comes with tokens for the different ships. There's seven ship tokens that are included. Each one of them on the back side shows what elements are needed to be able to construct that ship. And then you'll flip it over to show the fully constructed ship. And if you have them all flipped over, then you win. Lastly, there's the dice, and they're just six, they're standard d6s, but they're nice blue to match the hellkite pawn.
0: Mm-hmm. There's blue and and a nice light purple, and it's just it's a nice color combination. It works well and it's that's the colors
1: you see throughout the game. One of the common things that the game uses to balance its difficulty are the use of pixie tokens. There are three pixie tokens and you standard, start with all three of them. At any point in time you can pitch one of those pixie tokens to just change a die to whatever it is that you want it to be. You can if you want to make the game more difficult, have less pixie tokens in the game. If you want to make the game easy use all the pixie tokens certainly i've changed the amount of pixie tokens i have based on how many expansions i'm using at once um but at Mm -hmm. at base i normally use one or none what i find very strange about the pixie tokens is that they're all very unique um they look very different and especially unique in that one of them is small and one of them is big Mm mm-hmm they don't I, feel particularly cohesive because of that. It doesn't feel like they're the same element.
0: I like that. Though. I kind of, I kind of enjoy it. It's, it's more whimsical. It's, it, it's just odd. <laughs> it's and odd, they don't. I don't like. Look it. like anything. They, 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 look like butterflies without a body, just pairs, uh, strings with a pair of wings on them, which is I, just really odd looking.
1: <laughs> I like the look of them individually, mm-hmm. but I kind of would have preferred if it were three of the same thing.
0: Oh, Shannon, you know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It, they, they're, they're definitely a, a surprise when you first see them. It's like, huh? That's, yeah. That's interesting.
1: I mean, to me, they have an, an identical function and having them be unique suggests that they don't have an identical function, but they mm-hmm. do. They are entirely fungible. So yeah.
0: life um, in the dreamlands.
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So that is all of the, uh, all of the stuff in the box. And I think mm-hmm. all of it is really good quality. Otherwise, very standard we find from the whole line.
0: Yes. And I really also want to point out, I really like the art in this one. This one might be one of my favorite games in terms of the art. Um, for example, the flagship, it just, just looks really amazing. I think mm. I like yeah. the colors and the art, and all the pictures. Everything just really, really works well.
1: It's very free. It's very fun and floaty. And it all evokes the sense of theme that they're looking for.
0: Mm-hmm. What I... What I find really interesting about the theme in this one, which I guess, let's yeah, um, is the the way how the the nightmares here are are some of the crew that you get. They're no longer bad guys in this game. They're just, you know, denizens of the world that that are going to fly your ships for you. I mean, they never and, were bad guys. Well, in the first game, they are. Whenever you come across a nightmare in Onirum, it's it's a bad Again, thing. Again, I
1: think the theme in the first one was confusing because you're trapped in a nightmare. You're trapped in the dream world, so you're human in this one. No other universe game we discussed this. No other universe game are you a human stuck in the dream world. All the other ones, you are a nothing says you're human here. You're not human. You are absolutely not human. You're what you are an archunt.
0: Okay. <laughs> You're an airship
1: builder, building to ships to traverse the, the skies of the universe. Every single other game, you are a character in the universe realm, except for the first one where you are ostensibly you trapped
0: in a dream. Yeah, it is. It is. I don't know. I find it interesting. I find it weird. And it's it's the whole thing when you start looking at all seven games. It's it's rather dreamlike because I feel like sometimes the denizens are bad, sometimes they're good, and it's not clear to me that there is any consistency. There might be, but I don't know. I, I think ignoring I, the first
1: one. I think anyone we use is good.
0: Maybe I don't know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I do not know. Ignore the first one, but that's that. So yeah. let us move on then to the gameplay.
0: Okay. Uh, very very simple gameplay. Julie's pretty much described it. There's six de- decks of cards. Each deck has a on the back will tell you what kind of dice combination unlocks it. So for example, one deck you might need two pairs. To unlock another, you might need three of a kind or, or a straight. And, you know, the six different combinations. The easiest being two pair grading as hard as I think. What's the hardest? Three pairs or straight? I don't know.
1: I mean, defense depends on what you consider hard. <laughs> I mean, there's well, been sometimes when I've had to get, you know, five of a kind, and that's really hard. But sometimes yes. I get that easily. It's whatever you get.
0: I think, but statistically, I think some are more likely to just happen naturally than others. That's Okay, kind of if you say so. But, yeah um for example it's way easier to get three of a kind than it's gonna be say four or five of a kind just just because but whatever that's we said the point the point is that they are different and each deck gets unlocked when you roll the dice and get a different one. so each turn you're going to be rolling those dice six dice and as julia said if you get something a, a, a combination of on the dice that matches a deck of cards that you want to pull from you can if not, you have to discard one of the available cards from the six decks and roll any of the dice again. You know, hopefully some you've locked in now and you're going to roll the rest. If your hand was really bad, you're going to roll them all, whatever. You will keep doing that until either you can buy a card or, or you can no longer discard any cards. In which case the round ends and you go into the next round. The The goal of the game, as Julie said, was to build ship. No, ships if right you to-
1: can't buy a card and you can't discard a card, you lose. You lose the game? That must be in the heart. I thought you,
0: uh, if you couldn't buy or discard, you finished the round. You discarded all the cards and you won't do another. Okay. Well, I never got quite that far, I think. I mean, it, honestly, if you're discarding the, all the cards anyway, you're, you're doing pretty bad. And you may not lose immediately.
1: If all six resource decks and the displays are empty, you lose the
0: Oh, game. Okay. And all six decks are empty. Or yeah. not all six available cards.
1: Oh, that's what you mean.
0: That's what I mean. Yeah, because so I didn't, I wasn't very clear at the beginning. You you set up your six decks, you shuffle them, you flip over the top card of each deck, and those are the cards that are available that round. So when you roll, you're buying one of those face up cards. If you aren't buying one of those cards, you're going to discard a face up card.
1: No, if there's none left, if there's none in the display, you're saying if there's absolutely nothing you can buy. Now pause, pause for just a second here. (laughs) Okay.
0: Pausing, bleak.
1: If there's only one card in the and you cannot or do not want to acquire it. Discard that card. Oh yeah, no, you're right. If you can't, if there's only one card in display and you cannot or do not want to acquire it, discard that card and proceed directly to phase three replenish. So you just don't get a card that round. You're right, and no, I'm wrong. I've been playing it wrong forever then. <laughs> sounds like it hasn't been an issue okay not like i've ever had that come up but <laughs> <laughs> well you just
0: surrender well if if you've gotten to that point you're, you're not doing well anyway so you may as well just stand it there honestly right i don't know so, about
1: that like the dice can go against you you could just be like it's worth i guess yeah the dice can just go against you it, it happens it, yeah no it
0: does it does too often so so yeah so you have this the six stacks of cards you're going to buy a card or you're not going to be able to buy a card and have discarded all your cards. You now go ahead and pick a card and add it to your two um, where, what are work areas that you have. Workshops. You just, not work branches. Workshops where you're building ships. You can build two ships at a time. Each ship of the six different ships requires uh, three ingredients. One blueprint, one element, which could be things like what beans or strings. Helices, nuts, or... and
1: cocoons.
0: Okay, so it required this blueprint, the ingredient, and a crew to man it. Um,
1: which are either those the stacks of cards? Sogne.
0: Yes. Which yes, fun. those guys. And so, and so, you're gonna put one of each into the into the ship. Each ship has a specific set that it requires. Um, so once you've committed a work to one blueprint to the workshop, for example, you now have a specific ingredient and. And, uh, well, you could, you need.
1: You, and it's important to note, you could commit either yes. a blueprint first or material first. You cannot commit a crew until you have both the material and blueprint committed. Mm-hmm. Additionally, it's important to note that there are six different blueprint cards, one in each deck. There are three different material cards, so the different materials are, there's two decks that have the same. And then there's two different crew cards, so there's three decks that have the same.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so each given deck will have exactly one type of blueprint in it, one type of material, and one type of crew. So when you're playing and you're trying to decide what to get and what to discard, you're kind of thinking about what's available and what you need, and that kind of helps guide your choice sometimes.
1: Which cards do I want to discard to try and pop something I need for a ship?
0: Yeah, kind of cycle through that deck, right? Yeah, but if you're, once you discard it, then it's gone, and you're, it's not going to come back. It may come oh, back. Books, books, can. books can bring it right. back. It may come back but you can assume it's not going to come back because most of those won't, right? So th- sure. the point is, discarding is going to hurt. So it's not, <laughs> it's, al- it's always an, an interesting and tough choice. Anyway, that is the game. You're going to keep doing that. Every time you fill a workshop with all three uh, things you need to build a ship, it sets sail. Woo-hoo! You flip over your ship tile. That one is now built. One down, five to go. You discard all the, the three cards you had in there back into the di- relative discard piles for each deck. And you go on to the next round. There's a few other things with the base game, right? There's books that you could get that let you uh do things like get re-rows or pull cards out of the discard, for example, back into their rel- decks. Um, that's basically the the base game, right there. It's keep playing until either you lose because the decks ran out and you just can't build anything, or or build your six ships and improve your the best ship, right, and
1: win the game. Indeed. Um, I will note that there's one thing that I find interesting about their setup. When they set it up, they put the ships on their unbuilt side off to the left and the different decks on the right. I Mm -hmm. don't ever set up the game like that. I set up the game with the six different unbuilt ships below each deck where it comes from. So it's very easy and quick for me to see, hey, this is the deck that has a really important component, the ship. And I get it noted. Excuse me. I get very quickly that I need to get the ship out of this deck. So I thought that was a helpful thing for me to do and perhaps has contributed Mm -hmm. to my wins for it. I don't know why they didn't do it.
0: Yeah. I'm surprised because it it just makes sense. You know, there's six of everything, line up all the things in in columns and it, it works well. Yeah. Um, should we should we go over the expansions?
1: Let's briefly like go over the various expansions, and I will start, or I will do them. Okay. So the first one that there is is the flagship. With the flagship, there's a super difficult ship that you get to build, uh, and it's going to take a little bit more difficulty with multiple materials and multiple um, crew to be able to build it. But... It gives you the access to a factory, and you can either take a random one or you can select one of the factory. It will give you a special bonus power that you can have, like extra rerolls or extra crew, things like that. The next one that you have is the hourglass. Um, The hourglass, it's kind of just like chaff, that an hourglass is going to not do anything other than slow you down, but you need to have six different hourglass cards to be able to win the game. One from each deck. One from each deck. The next one is Stone Clouds. With Stone Clouds, you're going to shuffle in some Hammerbirds, and you're going to set some Stone Cloud tokens above. The Hammerbirds can be purchased, acquired, um, to be able to help you destroy those Stone Clouds, because the Hammerbirds are very useful at increasing, temporarily, the amount of dice values you have. If you roll, like, greater than 30, including any bonuses you get from a Hammerbird, then you'll be able to destroy a stone cloud. You have to destroy each of the stone clouds once, each of the stone clouds twice, excuse me, um, before you're able to continue on to the next game. Uh, Continue on to beat the game, rather. Mm -hmm. There is peers, which is one that I particularly really like, um, where there are worker cards and peers. There's three peers that are left just face up, unconstructed and your goal is to you now have to complete those peers in order to be able to win the game uh commonly you complete the peers by paying dice and you have to have 26 or more which is written or is it five of a kind on that one it's five of a kind
0: five of a kind yes and
1: it's written on the bottom of the card uh so it's five of a kind to be able to complete those um You can use worker cards, though, that are shuffled into your deck to be able to use them as a reroll or to be able to reroll three times or use them to enhance your card values to be able to use those. But if you take a worker, you need to pay them off. If you have any workers unpaid by the end of the game, then you cannot win. So you need to pay them by having at least 26 and spending that to pay a worker. The next one that we have is the hammerbird eggs. With the hammerbird eggs, it's, again, it's going to be another one that just gets stuck up. And your job at this point is going to be able to acquire those eggs to be able to use those. Um, Mm -hmm. And your new goal is to be able to acquire those eggs by saving those cards over the course of the game by essentially buying them back. Kind of similar. It's
0: unforgiving, right? Because if you don't buy the egg, the round it shows up. You lose the game.
1: Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of similar to the hourglass ones, except that you don't have to have one of each, but you have a lot less time to be able to grab each one when it comes up. That sort of is less useful. Mm-hmm. Um, The last one, which is fun, is the Hellkite. So here you can use the actual pawn. There are some outposts and some layers that are shuffled out where the Hellkite is. Now you get to actually use your fleet for something. You can send your fleet to go attack the Hellkite. if you have a total of fifteen or less on your dice, you can use uh, your fleet to attack and destroy an outpost or a lair. And doing those things will reduce some of the extra powers that the Hellcat will have to be able to mess with your turns while you're playing through.
0: Mm-hmm. And and if you do, it also gives you a benefit once you destroy the the outpost. I believe, right? Yes. That it gives it potentially gives you a, a, a free card that you need.
1: Frankly, from all of these, the only one that I kind of don't like is the Hammerbirds, <laughs> but okay. I play with all of them.
0: That's my favorite. That's my favorite by far, I think. Why? Because I, I like it. It's fun. I find it fun to to save up those birds because when, when you discard the bird to destroy the egg, if you discard one bird, it's worth five points. If you discard two, it's 40. If you discard three, it's 100. Yeah. And if you save it up till 3, you could do a ton of damage and destroy uh, most of the stones right th- right off the bat. But
1: oh, but it's so scary.
0: Then your deck is just then all those cards are sitting there locking up the, the each of the piles and you can't do anything with them until it happens. Yeah. I I like it. I find it very fun.
1: It's it's
0: really That's scary to me. <laughs> the the one that the what the eggs, the hammerbird eggs, I don't like as much, but I'll play with it and um because if you don't get it, you just lose right away. So, and it totally messes up anything else you're doing. As soon as they come up, it's like, pause everything else. I got to get that egg or I'm losing the game. Yeah. And and there's ways to mitigate it somewhat, but
1: <laughs> I find that one rough. You keep saying, by the way, that you have to get the egg cart immediately when it comes up. It's only if mm-hmm. it fills up everything that you have to get it immediately. No, no, no.
0: Anytime there's an egg, you have to catch it. Let's pause again. Bleak oh okay so i was playing it wrong i've been making it tougher on myself
1: yeah i didn't think so well
0: i like it that way i guess so how does it work
1: you use eggs to you collect eggs and the eggs can let you dig deeper and you have to collect you don't actually even have to collect the eggs yeah you don't even have to collect the eggs huh this is definitely one i played the least of them all um but yeah you don't have to collect the eggs yeah,
0: there you go. Okay, so I, I've been playing it wrong.
1: Interesting. <laughs> that's happens when there's so many expansions. A little amount of time for how, how many you can play each.
0: Yeah. So, okay, so apparently I've been playing the egg ones wrong, and it, maybe it's harder or easier than, than the way I was playing it. It's at least different. Um. But that's fine. But it's interesting. Yeah, it's fine. Either either way, it, it's the, uh, the other one I'd have a comment on is the Hellkite. That one I cannot play with. I've tried, but I, I just can't because I keep forgetting to – each turn you move the Hellkite kite forward through the cards through the different layers and i just forget i'll be playing i'll notice oh i haven't done anything with it for about four turns i've been totally ignoring it it's a neat game it's i it's not my favorite though i don't like it as much as you do i think it's it's pretty good but i don't play it often and i find the yahti mechanic um, sometimes frustrating because to me it feels more luck driven than other games because you're rolling dice, I I don't know. I mean, and I I realize that it isn't really, and there's a lot of things to mitigate the luck and whatnot. But yeah, when when I don't do well, which is often, I feel frustrated with this game
1: more than with other one, the other games. Why? Because because poor rolls.
0: Yeah, poor rolls, and it it feels like you know I had no no control in the situation, which again I realize it's not really the case, but right? it feels that way, and it makes the game frustrating for me.
1: I mean, okay. So I, I,
0: yeah, yeah, it is what it is. I don't dislike it though. I mean, I think it's a really neat game. I really do like how it works. But <laughs> yeah, if you're a poor roller, keep away.
1: <laughs> I suppose. Yeah, I I like it. I think that it's really good. I again, I think it's one of my favorite ones. I think that it's simple to keep moving to just sort of keep the energy up. There's not mm-hmm. the Downtime of having to think about what it is that you're doing it's it keeps active it keeps the thought while still having a lot of choices and a lot of push and pull um and it doesn't have the like it's not as simple straightforward and like pure random as Nautilian. there's still a lot there, but it keeps a lot of energy and for me that's that's why I really like this one
0: mhm it 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 does flow well when you're playing um and when you add expansions it makes the game longer but it ends up also feeling a little more epic because you have a lot more choices and more things going on. And I like I like that each expansion feels like a mini game that you're adding on to it. It feels like it adds something totally different that wasn't in there before. Yeah. And they each add something different to each other. You never feel like you're doubling up on anything, which is which is interesting. Yeah. Um I guess we need to kind of take the one thing back though. <laughs> Maybe the rules aren't as clear as we thought. <laughs> we just messed up one rule yeah maybe
1: (laughs) I'm not convinced
0: yeah no I I mean it's it's a light game and yeah stuff happens (laughs) one more more question I want to ask you about the Hellkite do you play with that much do you find it difficult to keep track of it all
1: to keep track of the Hellkite
0: yeah because like I said I just forget about it I'll play and I'll just forget to do anything with it
1: no more so than like the stone birds okay why what part are you forgetting to do
0: i just forget it i forget that whole part of the game is there and i'll play and like so when you put the hell in a card each round yeah it tells you certain things are not available to buy so you, ca- you can't buy those cards if they're present. you have to buy something different and i'll forget to check for that oh. so i'll just be buying things left and right and Three or four turns later, I'll look and oh, I haven't even moved it from the card it was on. <laughs> I've, you know, I've been buying stuff. Who knows what I was allowed to buy or not buy? So I just, eh, I just call that easy mode. <laughs> it, yeah, it's there when it's convenient for me. The rest of the time, it doesn't exist. The winds have died down, and it's just laying on the ground. Maybe like a flat old Hulkite. No, the few times I've anywhere. played
1: it, I've I've not forgotten to do it. So I haven't particularly had an issue with it.
0: Hmm. I wonder if it's, you know. I've mentioned it before. Like I think it was with the um, fields of R or something. Maybe like, like moving the round marker is easy to forget in some games because it doesn't have any impact in the game other than keeping track of it. Something. Mm-hmm. Um. In other games, moving the round marker sometimes gives you a bonus, and so you don't forget to do that because you're getting something out of it. With this game, I'm not getting anything out of moving the kite. Mm-hmm. I'm being punished differently by moving the kite. Maybe. I think that might be for me what the issue is. I I need some motivation to, to want to remember the rules. Sensible. <laughs> instead of punishment. Yeah. I don't know. It's a neat game. I, I am I'm now looking forward to, to looking at Stellario more because I've only played that one a little bit and, and that's next game. Next week will be the the last game so far in the series. I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Well, with that, Albert, I think we got a jet. Oh, then right. yeah, let's uh
1: take off float away take off free. thank you let's yes
0: let just let's catch a breeze and get out of here
1: cruise albert let's cruise all right have a good night everybody bye-bye bye-bye Thanks for listening. We love feedback, so we love hearing from you. You can reach me at Julius at OnePlayerPodcast.com or JLBird on BGG, and Albert can be reached at Albert at OnePlayerPodcast.com or Fractaloon on BGG. Our website is OnePlayerPodcast.com with the number 1, and we're also on Twitter at OnePlayerPodcast. The intro music is copyright Angus can be found at Jamendo.com. The transition music is copied by Dan Elduche Pancaldi, whose page is at donpancaldi.com. The One Player Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-like license. Thanks for listening.